Hi everyone, and welcome to Did You Watch The Race? The F1 podcast that looks at Formula 1 from the dual perspective of a long-time fan and a relatively new fan of the sport. I'm Colm, and I've been watching F1 for four years. I'm Jason, and I've been watching F1 for 15 years. I'm producer and social media manager Gemma, and I've also been watching for four years. A big thank you to everyone who attended the first F1 Watch event that we hosted in the Lighthouse in Dunleary. We had so much fun and welcomed any new listeners. We'll be hosting another event in July, so be sure to keep your eyes peeled for that. There'll be more information coming on that soon. This week, we'll be talking about the exciting qualifiers that led up to a meh race. Unfortunately, in a live event, we were going to do some recordings of race predictions from our fans. However, due to technical issues, we weren't able to do this. So, did you watch the race? Yes. I know the answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> we all watched it together. We did all watch With the race. With hundred of our closest friends. Do we want to touch on qualifying first? Or Yeah, I think qualifiers was actually quite good. Yeah, qualifying was very exciting to watch. It was drivers absolutely struggling to get the cars working how they wanted to. We've seen Leclerc, Perez and Russell all struggling with tyres. It seemed like Leclerc had more issues than that in the car. Like he, he had dropped an awful lot of pace off from the free practices into qualifying. I don't think he just had the tyre warm-up issues. But everyone else seemed to be really struggling with it and it led to the... I think he said something was wrong with his rears. Yeah, then... then or at least that's what Ferrari were saying. Yeah, because then they rebuilt the entire rear end of the car between... Saturday and Sunday and ended up having a pit lane start yeah I, I think I'd give Leclerc the benefit of the doubt in that that it, there was no way he was that far off to go out in Q1 with, with no issues in the car it could have been a, a, anything you know it's could have went for a mild setup yeah. change oh yeah I don't think any of us thought that he was down there because everyone was faster than him on merit or better car because obviously like from obviously all the previous races the car's good he's very fast it's just he obviously just had a mare of a weekend yeah I think struggled with setup the whole way through the weekend and struggled with getting the tyres fired up during qualifying and then yeah proceeded to have a very meh Sunday after that anyway <laughs> but qualifying overall yeah was really exciting the, it, it really came down to the final lap shootout in Q3 obviously Verstappen had a lot of time in hand but outside of that it was very close between second to seventh. Yeah, it was absolutely crazy. And even looking at the top 10, there's a few interesting characters in there who we wouldn't necessarily see. So Piastri, for example, was in P10. It was actually a great weekend for the McLarens with qualifying. Uh, and, and Lando Norris came in P3. So that was really, really solid from the McLarens, which was nice and encouraging to see. As well as the Alpines, you had Pierre Gasly in P4 and Ocon in P7. That was fantastic. Yeah, I think for both of them teams, pretty much, if you had to blow the full-time whistle after Saturday, they would have been like, yeah, that's a good weekend for us. <laughs> they, Let's not talk about Sunday. They should have just gone home, to be honest, after Saturday. Uh, yeah, but we've seen the recurring theme yeah. that we've seen for the season so far, that the Red Bull in the hands of Max is just a step above everybody else. You know, it's it's a, around Catalonia, it was a perfect combination of car and driver. They seemed completely unstoppable the entire weekend. Topped every session. He got the Grand Slam, didn't he? got he? the Grand Slam as well. Led every lap of yeah, the race as well. Had comfortable pace in hand and qualifying. Probably had another three or four tenths in that car, I would say. He was a bit squirrely on the um, the limits. He got he got a black and white flag at one point. Yeah, now I went back and watched it again afterwards. And I think that was just tyre management that they were pushing. Struggling yeah, with the tyres. Exactly, yeah. So I, I don't think there's... I don't think that was down to him pushing the car outside of where he needed to be pushing it. Especially when you look how far he was ahead. I think, yeah, he was just... Yeah. I think we were talking about it at the time, yeah. I think he, because he was on the radio saying that he was having a real issue with the tyres, um, but they obviously couldn't lap yet or they couldn't pit yet because they needed to wait for a bit longer. But he was saying that he was really struggling on braking and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. And Barcelona is one of the hardest tracks on tyres as well. So it would make sense that this would be where it would be as well. Even go back to qualifying there, Mac Verstappen was 
five tenths quicker than signs in P2. Like that's a crazy margin. Yeah, on what is an even shorter lap this year as well. Like yeah. That's on a 112 lap as well. So, you know, four tenths around that shorter lap is a lot of time, especially when he didn't complete his last run in Q3 as well. So I think yeah. when I had seen it, he he was three three to four, three tenths, I think, up on where he, on his previous lap before he bailed out. So yeah, had a lot of pace left in that car. The person who was really disappointing in that was Alonso, I think. Maybe because it was the Spanish Grand Prix and maybe just... Because he's obviously been on a great streak. It, he qualified in P9. That was really disappointing to see. I mean, I'm glad for Sainz yeah. who came P2. So at least he got a bit of his a moment of glory in between all of the Alonso <laughs> hysteria. But like P9, like what happened? Yeah, I think there was a lot of upsets between a lot of the drivers. Like because you had Leclerc obviously out in Q1. And then you had Russell and Perez out in Q2. And then you had obviously Alonso down in ninth. So like there wasn't just him. Like a lot of the drivers were struggling this weekend. Alonso had damage as well during qualifying. I think there was a couple of shots during the during the qualifying sessions where the team were literally taping up the car, the floor, Jesus. to try and kind of fix it. He had went over gravel, I think, in Q1. Or it was Q1 or Q2, he went over gravel and they obviously damaged some of the strafes underneath the car. So once you get floor damage and that, you're missing that last bit of confidence and timing that's in the car. So I think it's understandable for him to end up where he was after that. But yeah, still disappointing. Fair play to Stroll though. Yeah, it was a solid weekend overall out of him. I suppose yeah, if we go on to the race then, it was kind of a... There was lots of action up and down the field throughout it, but... From the get-go, the main thing that happened was obviously Lando's that loved happen with Hamilton. Yeah, that was very unfortunate for them. Yeah, it was it was a bit of a racing incident, really, wasn't it? You know, yeah, yeah. because Hamilton obviously was going for it and then braked. I think because sign he was he was braking ahead of signs, and obviously Lando went to to go and dive in and didn't anticipate um, Lewis braking. So yeah, it was a fairly standard first lap incident first turn incident yeah really but that obviously ruined yeah that obviously ruined Lando's race then from that I assume there there must have been more damage in that car he just never seemed to be able to get it going again after that yeah I think he had to pit twice wasn't it after the contact so he pitted once for the new wing but again it shows when you have a race with no yellow flags or safety cars if you have an incident like that early on on lap one you actually don't get a chance to kind of come back through the field you know and in saying that like I the first time I watched it on Sunday when we were watching it together and as Colm said we were all kind of running around and not fully paying attention I was a bit like this is a bit of a boring race but actually looking back at the highlights there were a number of really solid overtakes so in all fairness to Barcelona I think it overall was interesting it's just not been the most dramatic in recent times like because we've had a a series of dramatic um tracks um, so and dramatic results so i think you know there was some nice there was some nice racing in there but there just wasn't as you said jason a whole lot of flags to bunch up the field and kind of get a good few consecutive overtakes how would you say it it was a racer's weekend that yeah if you enjoy just seeing the cars doing what they do best it was a great weekend to watch cars i i enjoy a weekend like that it wasn't a very high drama weekend but i think we got to see now really where the lay of the land is across the grid at the moment you know we knew obviously red bull are that far ahead but mercedes had their best weekend of the season so far by far oh yeah jesus i think after their upgrades they've they've really now cemented themselves into the second fastest car with with the The second best team the second best second best team with the drivers they have as well. Yeah, Russell done a fairly good job to get back to where he was at the end of that. Yeah, and th- th- this has been the theme we've kind of seen with Mercedes over the last two years, that th- they haven't had amazing qualifying pace, but they've generally made up for it on Sundays. And 
we saw that again yesterday that they had really good race pace they were pretty decent on their tyres and outside of Max they, they were fairly comfortable throughout the race I've seen a stat as well that George is the first driver to start behind a Red Bull driver and finish ahead of them this season so far <laughs> That's a mad Yeah, that's stat. crazy. So finishing ahead of Checo on pure pace, that's a good sign for them as well. And yeah, look, Ferrari were nowhere. Aston Martin had a fairly meh weekend. So I, I don't know how much maybe we can read into it, but I think from my watching of it, Mercedes have really kind of elevated it above that upper midfield. Yeah, definitely. But I think it's really just, it's it's Mercedes versus Alonso. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's not a slight on, on, on Stroll. Well, maybe it is, but it's not like an intentional slight. I think that's just the fact yeah. of how it's going at the minute. Oh, yeah. I know we don't like dwelling on the Max being so dominant this season and all, but I'm wondering now at this stage, do you think he can provide like the most dominant season? He hasn't won one of the last seven races. Yeah, and it, it'd be more if you went back into last season as well. Yeah, I, I see no reason for it not to be because mm. a lot of the most, the, a lot of the other previous dominant spells in the sport they're either married on reliability or having two very competitive teammates like you know say Hamilton Rosberg mm. even Vettel's time with Red Bull that was there was a lot of unreliability in that car and you go back to Schumacher's era Prost and Senna reliability stopped a lot of the dominance <laughs> this year Max looks completely imperious compared to everyone else that car looks fantastic and because they're so far ahead they're pulling off so much performance per lap you know like he still what he won by 28 seconds I would say he comfortably still had another three quarters of a second lap in that car for for the pace of the race. You could see it as soon as Sainz uh, and himself battled. I think it was after the first chicane, like Max was away and you, like the speed, like the distance he covers in the space of seconds is unbelievable. Yeah, and the, but that, that's an ability in and of itself that yeah. very few drivers have had since, since the DRS really has been a thing in the sport. Vettel was famous for it in the early days of it being able to get out a lap ahead and then get two seconds or sorry get out ahead out of the first turn and then build up a gap of two seconds and then once you have that you can kind of do what you want with the rest of your race you can manage it as you need but getting out and getting that comfortable two second gap is what's really important and Verstappen is amazing at doing it Hamilton was amazing at doing it during his time Mm-hmm. It, it, it's an ability of the driver as well to have that cool and calmness under pressure in the first few laps because that's when the target is most on their back as well you know science will know if he doesn't get past him in the first lap two laps that's it being able to do that is very important but yeah I, I excluding a DNF or lack of fortune for Max I struggle to see any other team winning a, a race this year What do you think about the performance that Perez had this weekend obviously he started really poorly and he managed to finish in the top four, which is kind of his signature thing, almost. I think Perez has done this in multiple races where he started from the very back of the grid and just snakes his way mm. up. It's pretty impressive. It is and it isn't. I think when you look at where the sister car and the team is, what Max yeah, is yeah. for him yeah. to be, you know, I think if he had to finish in third ahead of Russell, you could maybe make an argument, oh, he's tired so far down and Hamilton's having a good race. I think finish yeah. behind Russell is a sign of where Perez was this weekend. But see, mm. this is where it gets back to Perez has never been that strong. Or n- not that he's never been that strong, but around traditional tracks like this, he doesn't tend to to shine as much as he does on street circuits. Yeah. And and I, I, th- I don't think necessarily that it's, he's a street circuit specialist. I think he's just better on them than he is bad on on a traditional yeah. track. Yeah, I, I would be concerned from coming into the next kind of four or five races where Mercedes are looking now really strong and are going to want to build on this again. If he loses to Mercedes again another couple of races, it's just it really just starts looking bad, you know. 
it, it will be similar to Weber Vettel back in the day mm. where, you know, y- y- you can look at it and say, oh, yeah, the car has been built around Max. He's getting all the support. But at the end of the day, if you're making a claim to be one of the best drivers in the world, you need to be be producing the results. And he, he's not, you know, the last two races he hasn't. And Helmut Marco's going to visit him at the end of his bed one night and chop <laughs> off his legs or something like. No, I don't think he's at risk of getting thrown out before. Dear Koenig, Helmut Marco. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're bold I, I, at Christmas, Helmut Marco comes down the chimney and keeps you cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think he's at risk of of being dropped between now and the end of his contract next year. But he's just not no. doing himself any yeah, favors. I'd be very surprised if they did. No, I don't think they will either. Yeah, the car is too good. Like, there's there's only so many other good drivers that you can get. Why would you go and put away a reliable driver for someone? that you, you're going to take a chance on, do you know what I mean? I know Max is, has more points than any of the other teams, I imagine. Yeah. At the same time, that won't be always the case, especially for next year, you don't know yet. So yeah, exactly. I don't see him being dropped. And I mean, he's still second in the championship. No, yeah, exactly. He is. He's, he's still doing enough. And that's all they need him to do. They need him to win constructors' championships, not drivers' championships. Yeah. On Leclerc, obviously, he started, as we discussed, from the pit lane. It's the first time since Monaco 2019 that he's not gotten out of Q1. And, you know... It, I know we say this every week that the life is draining out of his eyes, but like somehow it's just getting worse. And he was expressing his dismay um, at the post-race interviews about how the tires, so they did a, a one-stop strategy where they, they had uh, two sets of hard tires and he was complaining that the first set of tires, there he couldn't get any grip, he couldn't, he just couldn't control the car and when he pitted for another set of hards, it was completely different and even though he was doing the same thing, which I think is really interesting and I'd love to know. Yeah, Ferrari though just seem rudderless at the moment. They obviously brought quite a big upgrade package this weekend as well. So they just seem can't seem to solve the fundamental flaw in that car that it cannot hold on to its tyres at all and this has been the same since last year even when they were winning races they were always on the verge of tyre deg for the for their strategies so their luck really yeah what do you think would be causing that because I know they changed the side pods for this weekend it's, it, 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 it's fundamental in the car that they can't so, so it, it's usually the opposite of what you think as in high downforce cars will are a lot easier on their tyres because they don't spin up as much really yeah, because you have more grip through your turn. So as in, if you think of a, cor- a corner and you're constantly sliding slightly on it, sliding well, so not slightly. Sli- they're not sliding as much? Is exactly, that what you mean? yeah. So your higher downforce cars ah. will protect their tyres better through the corners. You know, as in there is trade-offs yeah, obviously okay. elsewhere. But so if they're... So yeah, just in my head initially, the my, um, exactly, my yeah, intuition yeah, yeah. is like, oh yeah, more downforce, worse than tyres. But obviously not, then yeah. That makes more sense though. Yeah, there is, once yeah, there again, is, there... Sorry, I was going to change the subject, so sorry, go on. Uh, yeah, there is a trade-off, obviously, between that. But yeah, so th- there clearly is a fundamental flaw in that car that they can't get enough downforce versus the drag that they're they're losing out in speed with. And that's where their tyre management is, is where they're making the sacrifice. And look, you're just, you're never going to finish well on a Sunday without being able to manage your tyres. And that's why tires. we see Mercedes are so far ahead of Ferrari at the moment, even though Mer- Ferrari are quicker than them by and large in qualifying. Because... They just can't get their setup right. And it obviously the car is quite a small window as well for setup. So yeah, fundamentally that there has to be an issue with that car that, that they're you would hope aware of and hopefully looking out for next year. But it, given the upgrades this week. Now I'd I'd like to see them in another couple of races after the upgrades have come in, see if they can understand them a bit better. But yeah, it's not uh things aren't looking that bright over yeah. Ferrari way at the moment. 
No. So basically what you're saying is you can polish your poo. <laughs> you can turn the engine up on Saturday, but it doesn't mean you'll get anywhere on Sunday with it yet. Yeah. <laughs> and if anyone is playing the season-long drinking game that is take a drink every time Ferrari mess up their strategy, I've just come across a radio exchange and forgive me listeners if this was recorded I don't think so apparently with 23 laps remaining Charles Leclerc's engineer said over the radio we'll box for hards Leclerc replied no no guys we'll go for softs and he was met with a copy that then there was silence and then Leclerc asked box anyway and his engineer said yes box now box we're putting on the hards (laughs) oh Jesus (laughs) I'd love to get your opinion on uh, Sonoda's penalty so obviously he got a penalty for <sighs> pushing Joe off the track now looking back on it I personally think it was very harsh and I think Joe over exaggerated his movement onto the um, the runoff yeah into the runoff strip around the runoff the, strip. The, bo- the bollards he had to take yeah um, I, I watched it a couple of times and I think it was a penalty in terms of if Joe had to keep on the line he was on and driving mm. it they would have collided it was a penalty in the, in the most basic sense of that I think Yuki was unfortunate that but should Joe not have just backed off yeah exactly you see if Joe had backed off then it wouldn't have been a penalty this is what I mean as in if he had to not do that and call out for it but you could see as Yuki was coming into the turn mm-hmm. there's a big puff of brake smoke out of the front wheels he was obviously struggling with the brakes on it and just got a bit deep into the turn so I think it was very unfortunate as in it, I don't think Yuki was attempting to push him off the road I think he just mm. just missed that last little 5% of brakes whenever uh, that, that the car couldn't give him and that's what led him to kind to lead him off the road yeah it, it was also really unfortunate for you because he's having a really good race exactly like like we've said nearly every week yeah, he's having he a really was. good race and then something very small unfortunate happens to him but he's not the only one it seems like a lot of people like are having like th- that kind of season so yeah. far everyone but Max and Checo totally but that's it it was a tiny mistake with big consequences you know like no I, I, I think it was a penalty and I, I at least there's a bit of consistency now this year with them that they've they've enforced mm. this but I can see why Yuki would be angry and I've seen the picture of him afterwards as well and he just looks so dejected but I don't know what what do you think on the penalty other than oh I don't know I agree with you in the sense of it was a racing incident that probably could have been avoided I I don't know like I don't claim to be well versed in the technicalities of the racing line and such but I think it could have been avoided if Joe had backed off. I think it was quite a dramatic swerve, obviously because he was avoiding um, some the bollards. In fairness, all all of the penalties and stuff that are caused by like what could be racing incidents, all of them could be prevented by people backing off. Mm, yeah, exactly. Yeah, true. So you're not you're not going to do that as a driver. No, you're going to try and edge out every like. Even if Joe knew he was going to get pushed off, why wouldn't he attempt it and then get? A yeah, penalty? true. Do you know what I mean, like. He's going to be doing whatever he can to get ahead. I think I'm just biased because I'm like... <laughs> I was literally just about to say this is something that we should talk on an episode again in the future just about biases in F1. If this was the other way around and we were talking about it and Joe didn't get a penalty, we'd be saying, oh, he should have got a penalty. You know, it's people like drivers and will make excuses yeah, for them 100%. when they like them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like if this was another driver I didn't like, I'd be... Um, I wouldn't be so outraged. So like fully take that on board. If this was DeVries... But yeah, Colin, exactly what you're saying. That is in, you can't expect a driver not to be pushing and trying to gain every possible inch on the track. And if that is gaining it at somebody else's misfortune and getting them a penalty, that's, you know, it's part of playing the game. That's racing. Yep. And then I guess for other shout outs, I think Ocon had a good race. Mm. Clean. He wasn't really, there's no drama around him, but he 
I think he finished as high as he could have. Yeah. Um, I think he finished. He was Delira after his race as well in his interview. Like he was buzzing. <laughs> yeah, he finished P8. Yeah, like he like once you take away the top teams, like he should have been lower, but obviously Leclerc had a mare. He managed to squeeze out an extra position. He's steadily showing himself as the consistent finisher there between him and Gasly yeah. as well. So he's a lot to be happy about, I suppose, yeah. at the minute. And I think Piastri also had a decent race. Yeah. Nothing dramatic. Kept it clean. He did, yeah. I think he, I think he did get left, but like that's that's where he was in the end. Um uh, unfortunate not to yeah, unfortunate not to get points, but You can't expect to get points. Like if you're looking at the top teams. So you got the first, like, expected to have the top eight places gone. And then you have Alpine, who are, like, kind of better than the rest. Yeah. So they're going to be taking nine and ten. You'd be lucky to end anywhere yeah. near the points. Like, Oh, yeah, no, exactly. Um, And again, looking at where Lando was, whether you had damage or not, we don't know. But the McLaren, again, similar to the Ferrari, doesn't seem to be as good on the Sunday. But, yeah, Piastri's doing a really solid job there this yeah. year. I'm also delighted that Joe Guan Yu got P9, that he was in the points. I just... I also believe in really him. Really solid points from him. You're just saying that to be, uh, to make yourself seem... <laughs> to be to unbiased. No, I actually biased. do. <laughs> I've got on record. I do really like Joe and I'm I'm rooting for him. It's just unfortunate. Yeah, I like Joe as well. So yeah. I'm glad he, like, he really does put in a lot of work. So I'm glad he's got a bit of, a couple of points. And Bodas had nice words for him as well afterwards. He did. Yeah, which was nice. What did Bodas say? Oh, you just said he ran a really good race and that he deserved to get oh, points right. for the team. Are we ready to rate this week's race yeah. on our... So, for reference, our top three races at the minute are Monaco, Miami and Australia. I would probably... I don't know, where, where are you thinking? I think I'd put it fifth. As in, uh, what do you mean... After Jeddah. After Jeddah. After, after Jeddah, yeah. I think the race itself was meh, but the qualifying was fantastic. Oh, yeah, I would agree. So, I'm trying to think back to Jeddah, Baku, Bahrain. Yeah, I'd put it in between Jeddah and Baku. Yeah, I think the only good thing about Baku was that Max didn't win. Yeah, that's very fair. And it's not even that I'm against Max that much. No, no, just like a bit of variety. Pro something else. For excitement, it was like, oh, something different. I would probably put it ahead of Jeddah, but I'm happy enough to be voted out. See, the thing is, I don't think the race itself stood up to, to Jeddah much. I think I, like it's just the qualifying. Yeah, yeah. So, seven races through the year, we have a list of Monaco in first, then Miami, Australia, Jeddah, Barcelona, Baku and Bahrain. Next week on the podcast, we're going to be previewing the Canadian Grand Prix, which is my favourite track of the year, actually. I don't know how other people feel about it. But next Wednesday, yeah, we'll be previewing that and going through the news and events in the week of Formula One. This week on FPUN, we're taking in the lovely sun that has blessed our little island and we're going with a summertime theme. So we actually discussed this myself and Colm on the way to the lighthouse on Sunday. So I've stolen some of yours, Colm, from memory, so um, I will credit you with them. So we firstly have Yuki Sued sunglasses. That's a bit of a stretch. Okay. <laughs> I I think I think I said it better at the weekend. I just can't remember how I said it. Yeah, well, uh, uh, sunglasses. I think it was just sunglasses. Yuki sunglasses. Yuki sunglasses. Someone said Yuki Sun Oda, as in a sun. Yeah. Oda. Did you say Est Beach Ocon? I think that was you. Ah. And then I said Esteban Ocean. Oh, that's a good. What about Est Beach Ocean? Lewis Hamill's son. Yeah. Nico Hulken Burgers. I was going to say Kevin Ma- Magnus Sun. It's in the name already. Yeah. We could just went with Kevin Magnus. Oh, yeah. If you're in the UK. What are the things you wear on your arms like to stop you drowning? Oh, armbands? Max for star armbands. Wait, what are you trying to say? 
Max first armbands. <laughs> no, actually, here's a really bad one. Charles Leclerc blue skies. Clear blue skies. <laughs> okay, my final one. Lance stroll on the beach. <laughs> uh, hornets. Chris, Christian hornets. Because hornets come around in the summertime. Yeah. Fernando Beach Bolonzo. Do you want to hear what the social media crew have submitted? Yes, absolutely. Now, I will give a shout out to, as always, Nicole, aka Coley Illustrations, who always delivers on the puns. So let's see what she has. Speedo Norris. Valtteri Bikini Bottas. That's actually a good one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, that is a good one. Yeah. Lewis. God, we're terrible. Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay, there's a Joe one here. Inflatable Joe Nut. That's a good one. Oh, that's pretty oh, good. Oh my god. There's a there's another ice cream one. Calippo signs. Fernando Alilo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Carlos Signs T9. Oh yeah, like a 99. Carlos Signs T9. Thank you very much to everyone as always who submits their F puns. We really appreciate it. And get a good laugh out of it. That'll be all from us this week, folks. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next Wednesday with our Canada GP preview. If you've enjoyed the podcast, be sure to give us a follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. It really helps us if you leave a review there and make sure to tell your family and friends to give us a listen. Thanks again to Chris and the Lighthouse Dunleary for having us last week at our first F1 watch party. Thanks to Sound Quality for producing our lovely branded t-shirts. We really appreciate it. And thanks to Coley Illustrations, who not only does our lovely artwork on our Instagram page, but also created fab stickers for us to give away over the event really appreciate that shout out to the team who won our table quiz after the race the aptly named my heart will grow jean did very well they won by 1.5 points so congratulations to them they won a 250 euro carding voucher and if this sounds like something you'd be interested in keep an eye out on our socials for our next event which will be in july where we'll be giving away lots of lovely prizes just like carding vouchers and red bull merch that we gave away as well so thanks for listening i've been colin i've been jason i've been Gemma, and we'll talk to you next wednesday <laughs> <laughs>